Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of the Lots of Love podcast with me, Natasha Sony. Um, I'm glad y'all are deciding to stick around. And if you haven't listened to last week's podcast episode, definitely do so. Um, I think that it was a good conversation starter. And I'm excited to dive into this week's episode, which is all about traveling. Um, Some of you, I guess I feel kind of touched, but some of you asked me to do an episode dedicated to this, traveling experiences, do's and don'ts, that sort of thing. And while I'm, I obviously haven't seen as much of the world as some other people have, I'm sure. Like, there's always going to be people who've seen more of the world and people who've seen less of the world than I have. Um, I feel like I'm pretty well-traveled for, I guess, my age or where I'm at in life, and I'm really grateful for that. Um, It's Sometimes it's kind of hard to believe that I've been able to visit so many places, and a lot of that is due to my parents and providing us with the us meaning like our family but like specifically my brother and me the opportunity to do so and I think it's a value that my family has I think we really do value traveling a lot and experiencing different cultures and seeing the world of course Not everyone can afford to do that or has the means to do that in whatever way or even like ability to travel the way that we have and the way that we do. Um, And I'm very cognizant of that. Uh, So these are just kind of things that I've gathered that I would hope that you all can take with you if you ever do get the chance to travel more. Um, I really hope that you all do. That's something that I wish for everyone. I think that Obviously, it expands your worldview quite a bit, and I don't know, just interacting with different cultures and different people and learning about the history of this world because there's so much of it is really important. It informs us in, you know, how we approach problems moving forward, and I think that everyone deserves to travel and see what they want to see. Um, but of course, there's so, so many things on that same note, um, because of historical implications, social issues, etc. It's hard to, like, some people can't travel places. Um, we'll get into that in a little bit, but I want to start off by saying that my experience specifically has been more sightseeing rather than rest and relaxation type traveling. Um, Whether it's my family or otherwise, we're not really a huge like go to a different country, somewhere tropical and relax on the beach type situation. I've honestly never really experienced that. Like I've been to beaches obviously, but it's always as part of a larger trip and a larger excursion. And it's it's like a blip in the greater scheme of the trip. Um, That being said, I love being on the go. I love having a packed day. I love those days when you get tens of thousands of steps in and you're seeing all these places and 
trying all these foods and meeting all these people. I think that's really fun. And of course I do. I would love to experience like a full trip where it literally is just every day you wake up, go to the beach, and that's all you do. Um, but we'll see what happens uh, in the future. But yeah, so that's kind of like the perspective that I will be sharing is more of the sightseeing when you have a packed agenda type situation. Um, I do want to talk about this app that I recently discovered literally last week, which is such good timing because I was planning on doing this podcast before I heard about this app, but I was watching a YouTube video where people like influencers were talking about it. Um, but the app is called Bin, like B-E-E-N, all lowercase. And basically it's a great way to keep track of the places you've visited. Um, and you can like check off countries and then it tells you how much percent, like the percentage of the world that you've seen, how many countries you've seen and visited. It also has, it has a category for visited, how many times you visited, also places where you've lived. And then you can indicate even within those countries, like the specific cities or um, things like that, that you've visited as well. And I think if you, I have the free version, but if you pay for the deluxe version, I guess you can also track which airports you visited, stuff like that. Um, and also in general, if anyone wants to get the app and add me, I believe that you can add friends on the app and compare where you where you've traveled to your friends, which is really cool. I haven't done that yet with anyone because I wanted to talk about it here, but yeah. And I don't know, I wish I had found out about this earlier because this sounds so, I guess, pretentious to say, but I, it's hard to, when I'm listing out the places I've visited, um, especially countries, it's hard to sometimes like oftentimes I'll forget one or something just in that moment and then you remember it later on. So I don't even know if I have every country listed on here, but I I think I have the main ones I believe, which is cool. I think I do have every country on here that I visited, but I don't know. Regardless, go check out that app. Add me as a friend or however you do it. I think Basically, we each have a QR code and you can compare your countries to each other. And then it also has a category for places you want to visit. Um, so that's really important too because, I mean, I want to go literally everywhere in the world. But obviously, like if I'm thinking about, oh, what do I want to do for the next trip? Um, where would be a good idea for me to travel with friends, with family, with a partner, etc. Um, for certain activities, you can do all of that there, which is really cool. So go check out that app. And we're gonna get right into it, basically talking about flights. I'm not gonna list every place I've visited just because, well, I can if you all want, let me know. I can do that on my Instagram or something. But um, or on the podcast Instagram, I mean, but I just kind of want to talk about overall places and then also some underrated places that I think people should visit that I've personally visited. Um, but basically, I think that 
a lot of flight experiences that you could imagine happening have happened to me and my family, which is kind of wild to think about. And I wanted to take this moment to share quite a story with you all. I know some of you know about this, but every time I tell people, they almost can't believe that it happened. I think that if you're Indian, you'll probably understand this more, understand the significance of it. Um, and I'll explain why in a moment. But basically, what happened was in the summer of 2005, there were really intense floods in Mumbai. And my mom, brother, and I, my dad wasn't with us for this trip. So he kind of missed out, but also he has had his own share of experiences and has encountered wild things as well. So I guess it doesn't really matter. But my mom, my brother, and I, you know, I'm six at this time. My brother is three. And yeah, I'm six. My brother's three. My mom is my mom, obviously. And so my brother's in a stroller, is the point. And we have, we're going to India for probably about a month, at least, because if you're going to go all that way, you might as well spend some time there. And so we had five suitcases with us. And we first fly to Chicago. And in Chicago, at the counter, the flight attendant person who works the counter said that there are really dangerous floods in Mumbai. There are 5,000 people stranded at the airport in Mumbai. And if you go, there is a chance that you could die. Like, blatantly, this was what was told to us, which is kind of unnerving. Like, there was no reassurance or anything. And I started crying, I remember, because um, it was just so overwhelming. And basically right then, a snap decision had to be made, like, do we want to continue with this journey? And my mom being my mom, which is wonderful, said that we're going to keep going. She was like, stop crying, basically. And we kept going. So we land in Frankfurt, Germany which is where our layover was. Um, we were taking Air India this time around and there was absolute chaos at the Frankfurt airport. Um, people were really angry. Flights were being delayed, obviously because of the floods. No one knew what to do. No one knew how to handle the situation. I just remember it being really, really chaotic and kind of scary in some ways because I didn't understand why everyone was so upset and tense but they were and so ultimately we continue on to Mumbai. Our ultimate destination was Bangalore but with this specific flight plan we had a layover in Mumbai I guess um, and so we end up flying to Mumbai and we're trying to land at the Mumbai International Airport. And basically, 
because of the floods, there were 30 flights waiting to land at the same time. So everyone just kept circling the airport. Like flights were just circling and circling the airport. Our flight, our plane was running out of fuel, which is alarming. So quickly the pilot had to make a detour and fly us to Ahmedabad uh, because we were running out of fuel and we couldn't stay in the air. So we land there and we wait on that tarmac in the plane for six hours because they didn't, so Ahmedabad doesn't have customs and immigration, so they wouldn't let us even deplane. Um, so we all had to sit on the airport for some reason, like all the toilets were clogged, babies were crying, services stop running when the plane is on the ground. Uh, so if anyone needed any assistance or wanted there weren't any, I don't think there were any, there was even any like snacks or anything left over, but people, everyone was like really overwhelmed. A lot of men were yelling at the flight people saying that they wanted to get off the plane and smoke. The flight staff were threatening them with arrest. I don't know. It was just a very, very chaotic time. I don't know how else to describe this. I know I've said chaotic or chaos a few times now but that's literally what it was and if you were to I just want to preface all this with saying that the floods of 2005 in Mumbai were pretty prominent um if you look them up I'm sure there'll be a lot of articles on those floods and things happening I remember in middle school for some reason we were talking about I don't even really know what we were talking about, but we watched a video of Al Gore talking about the environment and he brought up the floods of Mumbai in 2005. And I was like, whoa, that's so weird that he brought that up. And that was just a random blip from some point in middle school here in Minnesota. Um, regardless, we are on that tarmac for six hours, we're finally able to fly back to Mumbai, which is great, sure, all of that. We land there, and basically, there was just a confusing way that we had to navigate everything. I know we were on a lot of buses uh, at a certain point, and the way it works in India is that you can't even enter the building like the actual building the airport building if you do not have a boarding pass so because we didn't have boarding passes because we missed our connecting flight to bangalore and we had exited the airport like we were directed to exit the airport basically um there was no way for us to be let back inside the airport so we're literally stranded outside the mumbai airport and we have a cart a trolley with five suitcases stacked, my brother's in a stroller, I'm there, six years old, and my mom. And we're stranded outside the Mumbai airport for 36 hours, aka a day and a half. We're literally stranded outside. Um, and then, you know, at that time, smartphones weren't as prominent, and I don't even know if they... I don't really know when smartphones arose, but which I should know. That's embarrassing. Regardless, they weren't as prominent. My mom didn't have one. 
I know blackberries were a huge thing at that point, and there was no way to contact really anybody, um, at least in an efficient manner, especially because we were stranded outside. And by stranded, I literally mean like we didn't go to the bathroom, we didn't drink water, we didn't eat any food for a day and a half or 36 hours, whichever sounds more dramatic to you, I guess. Um, I remember one point my mom was able to use this guy's phone. I don't really know how she swung that. But we also couldn't leave the airport grounds because taxi drivers were saying that, you know, we can try to bring you to a hotel, but everyone who's tried to drive in these floods has died. Like literally people were dying left and right in these floods. And that risk, no one wanted to take that risk basically. So that was a pretty difficult time. And my mom, she's a superhero obviously. She had to manage a lot and I'm sure she was really stressed out you know I can't even imagine because obviously I was six um and then I remember at one point they opened up like a ticket counter to get people tickets or something and I was tasked with watching my brother and our trolley of suitcases while my mom disappeared into this crowd to go get our plane tickets um like I said, there were thousands of people stranded outside this airport. So you can imagine how large these crowds were. Um, obviously, we're by, I'm by myself watching these things in India with this swarm of people around me. And my mom keeps turning back and yelling my name. And she told me to respond to her every time she yelled my name so she could make sure that I was still there which I was, and that all turned out great. Um, and she ended up getting her tickets, and we ended up being able to enter the airport, like I said at that point, because we had boarding passes. And ourselves and another family friend, like family of ours, uh, also from my hometown, they happened to be on the same flights that we were and kind of experienced a parallel situation we found this air-conditioned room with them and we didn't know like we literally just walked into this room it was just this air-conditioned room we just walk into it right little did we know that this air-conditioned room was actually reserved for Bollywood movie stars so Indian movie stars and instead of kicking us out they let us stay so the movie stars who were there and this is the part where like if you're Indian you'll probably understand this more or you'll know who these people are versus you may not know them as well if you're not Indian but either way that's cool and you can definitely look them up because there's some pretty big names but um we had Sri Devi, Jackie Shroff, I know like part of the Kapoor family was there they all let us stay there and Sri Devi like took care of me and my brother and like carried us and stuff like that and it's just mind-blowing that that happened. My mom got pictures with all of them which is really exciting and they said you know you go do what you have to do to my mom. They were like you go do what you have to do we will watch your kids. Like literally these Bollywood movie stars 
told that to my mom, which is mind-blowing. And they were also low-key, I think, stranded as well because they had to go to some award show or something. And there were actually a lot of, so there were actually a lot of celebrities in the airport at the time. There was, at one point, my mom brushed shoulders with Ronnie Mukherjee. Like, we were actually looking for her when he ended up walking right past her. Because obviously they're not going to dress super, like, obviously. Um, They're going to be more, like, incognito, I guess. But yeah, so these Bollywood movie stars welcomed us with open arms. And that was such a wild way to end this low-key stressful kind of traumatic experience that could have gone so many different ways it could have been so much worse and who even knows what could have happened um but I feel very fortunate that we were safe and we made it to Bangalore safely and all of that it's just it's hard to fathom to this day and a lot of people don't believe it or like they think it's they know that it's hard to fathom too but what can I say it happened um so we've had that happen we've obviously lost our suitcases um which you know I feel like that happens to people probably at least once in life if you travel a lot which is really unfortunate I don't it doesn't happen as much anymore but in the past it has and just seeing also how airports and traveling and basically everything entailing those two has evolved over time which is so interesting too because I feel like security like going through TSA for example in the US has stayed relatively the same like there's no like some things are modern and updated and now you can do pre-check or whatever and all of that but it kind of is the same like you still go if you're if you don't have free check or some other sort of privilege in that sense you have to take off your shoes take out your laptops take out your liquids etc which is kind of a lot um and then but then there's stuff like when I flew to London customs and immigration took five seconds I scanned my passport I didn't even have to interact with the person I scanned my passport, the gate opened, and I went through. That was it. That was literally it. Um, so it's interesting to see what cha- what has changed and what hasn't in that sense. But either way, they all make for interesting experiences. And it's also interesting to see how countries operate, like how they vary from each other, because I know that a lot of places in Europe you actually don't have to take off your shoes but in the U.S. you do have to take off your shoes like when you go through security um just boarding processes like I said customs how that works in other countries um because I mean when I flew back from London I still had to wait in the line and like actually talk to a person when I was going through customs versus on the way there I didn't even have to interact with anyone and it took two seconds Um, so it's just, it's really interesting. I will say my number one suggestion for the age in which we live is to download the apps of the airlines that you use. Like, for example, I have the Delta app. Um, I took, uh, 
United flight to London. So I downloaded that app and it makes it so much easier because your boarding pass is right on there. You're not wasting paper on printing one and you can easily scan things from your phone. And it also gives you updates on your flight. Like if your gate has changed, um, when they announce boarding and also when your bags are loaded onto the plane, like you get notified, which is such a reassurance because you obviously you kind of like when you go to an airport I don't know if anybody else feels this way but it's so interesting to see how it all works like you basically just put check in your bags you put them on the conveyor belt or they put it on there for you right and then you don't even know where it goes after that and I'm like how does that go all the way from the check-in counter to the correct airplane and notify me on my phone that it got uploaded, that it got uploaded, lol, it got boarded onto the plane. It, it blows my mind. Um, I've always wondered that, like, I feel like it would be so easy to mess that up, but they don't, uh, like 97% of the time. So that's really cool. And in that sense too, obviously, I think a lot of people know this, um, if you have traveled a lot, but it's nice to have some sort of unique indicator on your suitcase like I tie bandanas or have like certain bag tags where I know like that's my bag because everyone's gonna have a black suitcase everyone's gonna have something that looks similar so unless you get a suitcase that's a unique color which a lot of people don't have some sort of indicator on it so it's easy to spot and other people won't mistakenly take it as well um be patient. I think that's the most important thing when traveling, you know, even in the situation that I just mentioned where we got stranded in India. Patience is key. They're doing the best that they can. I think everyone's doing the best that they can. And I and obviously this goes for more than just traveling, but at a certain point things are out of your control and you can't control how quickly the plane is going to get somewhere. You can't control what the crowds are going to be like. Like there's so much that is not in your hands. So you just need to trust the process and just sit, buckle your seatbelts and fly. Like that is the time. Honestly, take that time for yourself. You, you can't really talk to anyone because you're in the air. So just be. Um, and I think that's my favorite part. Like I know nowadays... Um, you can use iMessage or like uh, Facebook Messenger, WhatsApp or some and stuff on flights. And I think email works too. Uh, so I could text a lot of people from my phone, but a lot of times I don't even turn that on because it's it's like the one time when I don't need to respond to people. Like I'm literally flying and no one has that expectation of me responding to them right away uh and nothing is you know that serious in that sense so those are just I think patience is the most important thing of course it's a lot easier in some ways when you're traveling with other people it's easier and harder I would say um I think navigating some of these more stressful situations could be easier with having like one other person but if you're managing like an entire family that's going to be that's probably going to add more stress onto you 
or if you're traveling in a large group, like I've been on um, international trips and domestic trips, but I've been on international trips with large groups of people like my peers, friends, you know, other students, that type of thing. Like, and we're talking 25 plus people. It is a lot. It is definitely a lot. Um, and of course, I haven't been the one in charge of in those situations. So I'm sure the quote unquote chaperones on those trips are stressed out of their minds. So they have to keep track of every single person. Like all of these lives are kind of in your hands and you have to make sure everyone gets through security. You have to make sure everyone gets to the gate, everyone boards, everyone's feeling well. And then once you're in so-and-so country or state or whatever, you're managing all of their needs for that period of time. And it's it's definitely a lot. But I also think that traveling like that, traveling by yourself and traveling with family, traveling with your um, romantic partner, they're all necessary things to knowing how you are when you travel and also knowing how you problem solve. Like traveling teaches you so many things about life. Problem solving is a huge thing. Adjusting, how you adjust to different environments, um, what type of activities you like doing, um, that type of thing. It's really important. I feel like it's a good way, especially with a romantic partner, to kind of test compatibility, like how do you travel together? Um, that's something that I think is really important. But just even in general, just learning about yourself, like the best, some of the best ways, one of the best ways to do that is through traveling. Um, so with that being said, I, I think I'm going to do an entirely separate episode on my experience that I just had in London because I was there for one and a half months and it's different from you know when I visited London in the past um so I think I'll save like the deeper story of all of that for a totally separate episode but I did want to say here that it's it was really interesting this time with everything that I just said about learning about yourself, being in London pretty much by myself. I flew there by myself and had a lot of stuff with me and was staying there for a long time and had to meet new people um, here and there. But most of the time I spent like alone, basically. And it taught me a lot. It taught me how much I value social interaction which I know that we all do, but as an extrovert, spending that much time by myself in another country and having to navigate certain obstacles that arose was really, really interesting. And then also, because I was there for so long, it's not like I had an agenda, like an itinerary, right, that you would have like on a normal trip. Like every day was basically planless. Like, I would make plans for the following day. But, you know, in that sense, I went in basically planless. And as someone who loves planning, as a Virgo, as knowing... A lot of y'all know who I am. That was a challenge for me because you could easily make nothing of your time there, which I would never, ever do. Like, I am not... I would never ever take time in another place like that for granted and 
despite the challenges that I faced emotionally, I and physically, I guess, I was like, I want to make every day here important, you know, and I, I was able to do that. But it was also hard because everything was completely up to me, which, again, is definitely like, a quote unquote, first world problem. Um, that type of thing, like, oh, I was able to choose my own schedule. Like, that is such a, such a privilege. But it's also, to that end, it's also hard to imagine, you know? Like, it's hard to, it's like so you had, your whole entire life was planned out and controlled, and then now, all of a sudden, it's so variable. Um, so, I definitely learned about my, a, a lot about myself through that experience, and I think that it's an important experience for everyone to have, like go on a solo trip, even if it's a few days, even if it's a week. Um, I'm not saying that you have to spend a month and a half in a place, right? But go somewhere by yourself where you get to wake up when you want, you get to set the tone of your day, like where you're going to eat, what sights you're going to see, etc. Um, see how you fare in that and then... I feel like it'll almost inform you better when, for example, if you if you do travel somewhere with a romantic partner, you know how you operate and you can better address the needs of the person you're with because you know like how you'll react to things, I guess. Um, and of course, again, this ties into a lot of larger things too. Like we could, that could, that's a whole separate topic in itself, you know, just knowing yourself in those types of relationships but I'm just saying that traveling I think is a good way to really get in touch with who you are and what you like and what you want from this life um and like that being said there are so many places I've traveled even from when I was really young where it took me a while to find my footing, I guess, because when you're young, you're kind of going along with like whatever your parents plan. And if my mom made the itinerary, then like that's how it was. And I'm so glad that she did because I got to see so much of the world and so many different important places, like stunning, beautiful, historic places because of it versus you know, I wouldn't have valued that in the same way at that time because I was a kid. But now, in, you know, hindsight 2020, like, I'm so glad that those things happened. And I think there were so many times when I would be sitting in those situations or I'd be looking at something, like, something so breathtaking and beautiful, and I'd be like, I cannot wait to come back here with the love of my life. I cannot wait to come back here with someone who means that much to me who can experience this with me because it's so it was so meaningful to experience it with my family slash on my own like in my own heart and to share that love with someone else is so is a dream it's such a dream um I also want to talk a little bit about places that I think people should 
visit that are underrated, in my opinion. Um, again, I'm not going to go through every place I've ever visited here. And there are some places that I think people, I would love for people to visit, but may it may not be the right time, you know, to go to those places. So I'm going to list out like just a few that I think, you know, it would, it would be the perfect time for y'all to go visit. Um, and that one of those is Prague in the Czech Republic. Love, 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 love this city. Um, I honestly, I could in some ways see myself living there. I don't think I ever will, but I think that it would be a wonderful place to live. Like it's such a combination of city and nature and history and beauty and oh my god, it's just such a breathtaking city. And I think it, in some ways, it has gotten more popular. I feel like a lot of people who study abroad will often go to Prague. But other than that, it doesn't really cross people's minds right away, which, you know, that's fine. But it's such a wonderful place to see. And the way that I actually got to see it was really cool. So I was in Honor Squires of Southeast Minnesota, uh, growing up like all the way through from elementary school through senior year of high school and we got to do a Europe tour after my senior year of high school so we went to Vienna and Salzburg which are both in Austria and then we went to Prague in the Czech Republic and we got to sing in these beautiful cathedrals and take in the sights in the city and cities and it was just Oh my gosh, I, I cannot believe that I had an experience like that. And I got to experience that with friends and sing, which is something that I love to do in those places. Um, so please, please, please go to Prague. I One of my favorite moments that I've ever had in my life was in Prague. Basically, growing up, my favorite song was Viva La Vida by Coldplay, which is still a fantastic tune. And I remember we had a little bit of free time and basically there's this bridge in Prague where um, there's a statue on it and for good luck, like if you touch this statue, um, like you'll, you'll get good luck. And I didn't get the opportunity to touch it and that was really bothering me. So I went off on my own actually to back to the bridge, which we were supposed to have at least, you know, a buddy with us, but here I was, a little rebel, I guess, and I went back to the bridge, touched the statue, and while I was on the bridge, sun setting, scenic views, um, like orange rooftops, um, I hear someone playing Viva La Vida on violin. And it was stunning. It was it was like I was meant to be in that spot at that exact time. And, you know, you can take what you want from this. Like, maybe you're not into stuff like that or, like, to think about the greater meaning of things or are spiritual like that. Um, and I definitely grapple with that myself. But it was such a magical moment. So please, 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 please go to Prague. Um, the other place that I mentioned just now, actually, that I think people should visit is Salzburg in Austria. A lot of people go to 
Vienna, which is great. Like, definitely go to Vienna. But if you're already there, go to Salzburg as well. The water there is so blue and so fresh. Like, people literally just drink from it because um, it comes down from glaciers. Uh, Mozart's house, birthplace, that type of thing. Just a fantastic place overall. Um, and then another place that... So I've been to Belgium a few times because my dad's cousin, so like my uncle basically used to live there. And so on the way to India, my parents, like we, my family would stop in Belgium and then you can take the train there from other, to other places in Europe and to other countries. So that's one thing I also recommend is if you're traveling in Europe specifically, take the train as much as possible. It's so much more of a seamless process rather than boarding a flight every time. It's also just better for the environment, better for your uh, personal bank account, honestly. Um, just go take the train. You'll get to see so much of the landscape and the countryside. Anyway, uh, so Belgium is such an interesting place. And a lot of people don't think of visiting the country in the first place, which I think, you know, in some ways it's understandable, I guess, but I'm really glad that I've been there. And one of the prettiest little cities, or I guess it's more of a town, I don't really know how you describe it, is Bruges. Um, it literally feels like you're walking in a fairy tale, like all these little bridges, cobblestone streets, really cute, like flowery houses, um, such, such, a, such a stunning place honestly so please 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 if you have the opportunity go to Bruges um you will not regret it um I don't and honestly I don't really think that there's any place that you could go that you wouldn't regret because you're learning something new and you're experiencing something new but definitely recommend these places um I really think something that's really important to me is having people around me who have the desire to visit India. Uh, it it really kind of saddens me when people talk about visiting all these countries and India is never on their list. And I don't necessarily know why. I think there's a lot of, there are a lot of assumptions made about how India is, but I think, and obviously I'm biased because I'm Indian, but that's to be expected. I think that it is a beautiful place, so much culture, if you want authentic Indian food, that's where you gotta go, obviously. Um, the colors, the people, and also people don't understand how diverse India is. Like, there are hundreds of languages, so many different dialects as well, so many different cultures. Like, India is not monolithic at all, and that is the number one assumption that you need to get out of your brain. Um, it's, it's beautiful, and... I've been to a lot of different places in India, um, but I will say even if you do the typical sightseeing stuff, like if you go to the Taj Mahal, you will not regret it. I think that seeing the Taj Mahal was one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen in my life. Um, it actually is super breathtaking in person. And there's also a, like a little saying there where like if you kiss your partner, there at sunset you'll know whether it's true love or not um obviously you know who knows how that actually works right but I just think it's a fantastic place I think India is fantastic 
And I think that people need to not make assumptions about places before actually visiting them. Like, don't knock it till you try it type vibe. Within the U.S., uh, my family and I had the opportunity to go to Alaska last May. And it was beautiful. Like, nothing... I've ever seen before. It is not, you can't compare it to any other U.S. state, honestly. It obviously shouldn't be a part of the U.S. Um, historically, but it is fantastic. Like, you have, you have civilization and city so close to, like, climbing mountains there. Um, the air is so fresh. Everything is so, oh my gosh, it's just such a beautiful place. Like, I can't, really describe it other than the fact that you need to go there and my family we flew into Anchorage and then we rented a car and we drove to places from Anchorage and I think that was a really phenomenal way to do it and I'm glad that we did it that way. I know a lot of people go on the cruise um, but I liked how we had more flexibility with our time there because of the way that we chose to do it um, and also Alaska is a huge huge state it's the biggest state so even what we saw was like just such a small, small portion of it. Like there's so much of Alaska that could be seen. And a lot of it, you know, probably doesn't have that many people in it. But it's just such a scenic place. And I think that they've like maintained the land so well, despite all of these tourists. Which again, not a lot of people go to Alaska, which is why I included it on this list. But... I think that even like they've planned like the sightseeing and the traveling there so well. Like there's, we never had a issue looking for a bathroom. Like there, there's so many along the along the highways there, and and but then at the same time the the air is really fresh. Not all some places don't have like phone signals stuff like that. And it just was, it was a fantastic time. Um, so those are just a few places. Like, honestly, there are so many places that I suggest people go. But again, I think these are kind of the ones that are top of mind. And I will say, too, I think traveling is also, I mean, there are many nuances to it. But one thing I would keep in mind is that I know that there are a lot of places in the world that would be amazing to visit. And I'm not perfect by at this by any means. Like, I've seen places that I know other people will never get to see. And I didn't necessarily have the right to see those places myself. But I will say, if it's possible, keep in mind, like, your morals and values and ethics when deciding where to travel and when traveling. Um, I know there's, like, there's just so much nuance about visiting places. Like I know, for example, a lot of people, a huge debate is like Hawaii, like do you visit, do you not visit, right? Um, and the things that they're, that Native Hawaiians are struggling with and the history and that type of thing. I personally haven't been and that doesn't mean that I don't want to go. Like I, it looks beautiful. I would love to go. Um, and I know like a lot of friends and family members have been, but I think right now I'm going to refrain from going just because ethically it seems, for me, it seems like the better thing to do 
I'm not the person though to fault anyone else for going somewhere because again I've done a lot of traveling I've been to a lot of places that a lot of people can't go or shouldn't go well not a lot of places but you know a few and I I don't know I think it's an interesting debate and I'd love to hear what you all think about it as well because I don't really know what to think because the other day someone was someone brought up on Twitter like oh like don't visit Hawaii etc um but then other people were saying that that view is tired and people should be able to visit what they want and like both of these people who were tweeting these things were progressive people so I don't really know what to think or what to believe in that sense um yeah so that's you know the gist of what I have for traveling so far again I love it it is such an important I guess value or thing that I like to do like that is something that I want to be foundational in my life for the rest of my life um within my future family with my friends whatever it is um I will never ever take it for granted and I want to again see as much of the world as possible like I just cannot imagine a life where I'm not able to travel and I know again that that is an immense privilege and a lot of people literally can't do it a lot of people will never see you know past where they're where they live now um and I recognize that and again I want to approach all of it as ethically as possible um and that being said I just it's just something that's really integral to who I am I think and I think it's because of all the places I got to see growing up and all the places that I still get to see now. Um, and I think also with the pandemic, we all didn't really get to, you know, travel places for a while, like even domestically, even next door, right? So I think now that it is a little bit more accessible pandemic-wise to travel, um definitely take advantage of it if you can and go out there get uncomfortable meet people literally when I was in London or honestly any place like I'll just walk up to someone and if I have a question obviously I'll just walk up to someone random or if I like notice something about them I'm like hey like I like what you're wearing I like this I like that whatever just go get uncomfortable and consume as much of the world and the cultures in this world that you can because there are so 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 many and it can vary door to door let alone state to state or country to country so that's what I have on traveling um I'm going to share as usual, something that filled me with love and joy this week. Um, I feel like it was a pretty mundane week. I've really been reading a lot recently, um, and I'll get into that in a second, but that always fills me with joy. I think that I've taken a lot of time these past couple weeks to really 
heal from some things and to breathe, which is really nice. Um, and I think overall that's something that I've really enjoyed the past week especially. Um, and even when it's just, you know, sitting in the evenings with my parents watching Wheel of Fortune and then The Voice or, you know, my mom's um, watching Gilmore Girls right now and I've seen all of it. I saw all of it in high school. Um, so just sitting there seeing her reactions to things that are happening in the show has been really nice and interesting. Um, I'm just really looking to looking forward to moving forward, um, you know, once this job comes through, which y'all will know when it happens because I will come on here and I will be so ecstatic about it. Um, and just like, I'm ready to, I feel like I'm ready to move forward. Like I'm ready to go. Um, that being said, my book suggestion for the week is, I don't know if any of you have heard of the author Sujatha Massey, but she has a couple different series and I, right now I'm going through her Praveen Mishri series which is uh takes place in 1920s India and they're kind of like murder mystery sort of things um and Praveen is the first woman lawyer in uh Bombay which is really cool and she's like solving all these things and helping all these people and oh my gosh it's just written so well it's so interesting and invigorating and I highly recommend that series so um the first book in the series is called Widows of Malabar Hill and I'm on the third one right now so I read Widows of Malabar Hill I read the second one um which is the Satapur Moonstone and then now I'm reading the Bombay Prince and she's still writing for this series so this is the last one that's out currently uh but it's just so 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 good and first of all you know, I I tell all of you, everyone I know really, that it's important to support women of color authors and authors from marginalized backgrounds. So this gives you that. This gives you like an exposure to culture, a lot of different cultures because it takes place in India and there's like so much, there's a lot of discourse in the books about religion and culture how that all intertwines about Indian independence and then a huge huge component to all of this is feminism and like women's rights and advocating for women so please 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 read this book if you can the covers are beautiful too I think the book's just beautiful um and then my song suggestion for this week this is a song that I streamed like literally every day probably multiple times a day when I was in London I don't really know why but ugh, it's just so good it's so catchy um it's called Same Hands by Bia the um she's like a rapper she kind of does R&B type stuff as well um Same Hands by Bia featuring Lil Durk uh it's so 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 good I love Bia honestly as well I love all of her songs like that entire album is gold in my opinion so go check out that song um I also want to let everyone know that all of this will everything that I mention all these suggestions that I have um will are always listed in the description of the episode so definitely 
check out that like it's not like you have to remember it right here like I will go ahead and write it out for you um and I look forward to chatting with you all next week uh still getting used to this of course so bear with me but I appreciate you all and I'm sending you all lots of love for the week ahead <laughs>